listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. Greetings, all. I am one of your hosts, Nathan, a.k.a. NP Bro. And my co-host, as always, is Jonathan Cohn. Today, we will be reviewing the 10th episode of The Mandalorian. That is, Season 2, Episode 2, entitled, Don't Run From the Space Police. I'm kidding, of course. (laughs) This episode, directed by Peyton Reed, was actually entitled, The Passenger. So, Jonathan, this one had about 11 minutes shorter runtime than The Marshal, and overall, a drastically different pacing and feel. So, let's kick off the podcast by asking you uh, what you thought of the episode as a whole. Okay. The first thing I can tell you is that this was a really well done episode. The second thing I will tell you is I will probably never watch this episode again. Hmm. Well. You can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll very just go interesting ahead and, opening I'm, I'm gonna statement. Go, I'm going to go ahead and out I myself and say. I have already watched this episode again um, as, as it is my diligence to do so in preparation for our <laughs> discussion, sir. <clears throat> so well, you have I, not. I watched it the one time and that was it because I am, I can, if, if, if a spider walks in my room, I can, I can kill it. If you know, there's one on the floor. I'm not having, when you have that many spiders, mm -mm, I'm, I am not, not in favor. I am, I do not like horror movies. I do not like movies where there are scary creatures attacking you. Um, Ah. and I don't mind, you know, a few but when you have an army of spiders of all different sizes, then you have a giant one that is, you know, makes Shelob look like a baby and uh, <laughs> is like jumping on their ship and and trying to destroy them. I was just like, mm, nope, 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 nope. And so. Well, that was that was the objective, sir. You realize. Yes. That oh, oh, for yes. many people, that I, was, was the that was the part of the episode that they were they probably felt like was the best part. Oh, it was uh, well so, done. I'm not saying that it was fantastically done. I just will not be watching it again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that you know it's coming, you can have the lights on and you can have some wasp (laughs) spray nearby and uh, I guess... Hold the teddy. I, I don't know what you do. Hold it. Hold it. Obi Wan Kenobi doll. That's what you do. Okay, uh, let's not go that far now. I'm That's... kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so <laughs> this episode was kind of picked up rec- exactly where we left off, which is uh, you know with with of course with Din Djarin on the speeder bike and just kind of going through the the uh, desert and uh, really really kind of a sun flare in your face. Or sun's mm-hmm. flare, excuse me, <clears throat> from uh, from the ta- Tatooine desert, and uh, the first thing that they decided to do in this episode is remind us, hey, these bounty hunters are still after the child. Like, yeah. did you think that was a good thing that we started off with just a reminder that they're still on the run? Well, I honestly don't think that um, those bounty hunters were particularly after the child. I was under the impression while I was watching it that those were just opportunistic, um, you know, people out there who saw that it was coming and were like, oh, hey, we have the opportunity. We can steal something from this person. I thought they were more like marauders than bounty hunters. Um, Hmm. And when they started attacking, I think when they saw the child, they realized the potential that they could have. 
Um, and they realize that maybe they can use it to manipulate Mando or something. Um, but uh, I didn't. I think they I said saw, a line like "capture the child," or they, it looked like they were trying to get the child, though. So well, yeah, the I, assumption and, was that they could do that. They could turn the child in, and whether or not they were with the guild or not, clearly they were after the child. And mm-hmm. so I guess the the danger, as you pointed out, it could be more of a general danger than a specific. The mark is still out on him because there wasn't yeah. any fobs, mm-hmm. um, which that hasn't been addressed yet. Um, How the tracking the fobs ability work. for the mysterious fobs to just track him anywhere. Um, how how you know are those still active? Do they still have a signal? Um, can they remove it? Can they can can they constantly be found just based on this? Because that was a pretty big pro- plot thing in episode, or season one. Well, if it isn't addressed in an episode, I can almost guarantee it'll be addressed in like the visual dictionary or something like that. Those <laughs> little details like that are always addressed and things like that but um i'm not they never explained how it worked to begin with so all they'd need to say is oh we fixed it in just a passing line which Mm -hmm. i'm sure dave is the type to figure that out oh yeah but i thought by them i thought these bandits were intentional Mm -hmm. um although that could just be me and projecting that onto them so as you as you mentioned you thought they were more just general thugs yeah, but I mean, it's entirely possible that they are bounty hunters sent out to find the child, specifically paid <clears throat> by someone or other. Like, it may come turn out that it's that, but really, they're dead, so it's not that important to the to the general storyline. Yeah. Um, that scene mostly just serves as a an epic teaser for the episode, um, or mm-hmm. what's called a cold open. Uh, as I actually called. had one small problem with that scene from a writing perspective, and it mm. could betray that there was some cut content. Um, but when you have something happen on screen, uh, typically it serves to follow that thing up. Well, we had established previously that the speeder bike belonged to um, uh, Peli Moto, uh, the, yeah. the, la- the girl. And mm-hmm. she, she lends it to him. Well, when it gets destroyed, I, as soon as they show up in uh, the cantina, um, I, I assumed that her first she would make some kind of comment, where's my speeder bike or something, you know, you owe me for that or something, but they never paid that off. Um, they never mentioned it. Um, it just became a simple, oh, he has to walk now. And he wasn't attacked along the way. He wasn't slowed down, missing anything. It didn't seem like there was any kind of cost to him losing the speeder bike, which just struck me as a, a weird choice from a riding perspective. If you're going to mm-hmm. have that happen, have some just at the very least show that he's struggling to get inside. He he was just walking, even though that Mandalorian armor is heavy, and I know he was carrying a two jetpacks, which technically he was never really stranded when he could have just jetpacked out of there. Um, but limited fuel supply on the jetpacks. We already know <laughs> that the fe- the Phoenixes are not for trifling, and he was like, "I've got this. I can just walk into town." That's how much of a baddie I am because I can just do this stuff. I'll tough it out. Give me some sunscreen, and I'm good to go. Um, anyway, so. What do you think about that? Is it, does that bother you at all? Did you think about that, or is that something I picked up on? It didn't bother me because, again, there's only so much time in an episode, and to me, that doesn't really matter. Like, if she was mad about the credits, he'd either pay up or find some way to help her out. And really, she, Pelimoto strikes me as the type of character who's not entirely about money. She's more just about helping people out, and so that's what well, I... I originally thought so. What did you think after seeing her basically swindle the dude and swindle the mantle out of the the gambling debt? And then she vouches for this 
She was helpful, but she was definitely in her self-interest. What do you think? Um, yeah, she's in herself, but I'm like, I'm saying it's not entirely that. Like, I think that, um, no, she's not uh, bad. Yeah, she's not bad. But she's and not so like, I don't think she's it really not like, matters that much personally, but, I, but specifically I did think about the, the jetpack and the reason he doesn't use it to get out of there is he pretty much used that whole thing killing that dude <laughs> when he just <laughs> slams Maybe. him into the ground. <laughs> Oh my! Maybe. I cracked up at that. That was that was a pretty funny moment. Um, uh, do you feel bad for the guy? No, probably not. No. Um, <laughs> I wondered. One of my first thought was, well, you know, why didn't he let go right away? Um, because he it's not like he had it strapped to his back. He's just holding it. If something like that had been in my arms, it would basically it would just fly up out of my hands, and I might get burned a little bit from the exhaust, but it would. Basically, I would have to be holding on intentionally or my my arm like wrapped around it for it to drag me into the sky. So that you know alien what? must have been pretty, pretty dumb. Pretty this dumb. is this is not Star Trek where we go deep into the physical, uh, theoretical and, uh, you know, oh, come on. Uh, scientific that, reasons. That is for such a cop out answer. Work. Come on. Come on. Well, All anyway, right. this is. But I, I think you're overthinking that part. But uh, I did. I did find that funny. Also. There are numerous times throughout this episode, but particularly at that beginning moment uh, when when he when uh, baby Yoda watches him uh, talking with the guy hands over and then baby Yoda watches as he like kills the guy. And mm-hmm. it's as I've been as we've been seeing throughout this whole series and particularly in season two, I think they've amped it up in season two, baby Yoda is going to be a messed up person when he, you know, gets to be a teenager or adult because, man, he's seeing some stuff here. He is really seeing some stuff. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be... I think that this is intentional, how much we're seeing that he's seeing this stuff. If if they just wanted a cool shot with Baby Yoda, they wouldn't have to do this. Um, uh, But That's a good point. We talked last week... We didn't get that much Baby Yoda last week, but we got a whole lot of Baby Yoda in this episode. We did. And some of it was cute Baby Yoda, and some of it was facepalm Baby Yoda. It's like, come on. Come on. Well, I think the the theme of this episode might have been parenting. Yes. Which struggles quite a bit of them as, as you know, the child is starting to grow a little bit. Um, fortunately, we don't see him necessarily use the force against anybody because that would be really difficult to, to stop. But mm-hmm. absolutely being out of control and, you know, he gets he there's a couple times where where the Mandalorian has to say no, you know, like you would say almost to your pet, you know, mm-hmm. um, but just to a, to a creature that may not understand language yet um, only knows when he's done something wrong. And uh, a couple I mean, he's repeatedly in trouble and causing them trouble. The spiders are all his fault. Um, <clears throat> we, I think so anyway. It's, oh, at the absolutely. very least, yeah, yeah, he, he shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> uh, he did have some cute moments. One of them was is exactly what you talked about after the jet jetpack lands back in the desert, and he just runs and stretches his arms up oh, to, yeah, to the Mando. Oh, yeah, that's a cute moment. Oh, he stretches his arms out. Another cute moment where he's like... <laughs> 
the music's really kind of like a lullaby almost, and he leans in and stares into the glass jar of the unfertilized eggs, and just oh, yeah. his face gets stretched out, and you have this kind of twinkly music in the background, and you're like, oh. And <laughs> at that point, you do not yet realize that he's just hungry. Um, you think that maybe he's kind of appreciating the potential of the life there. Nope. Wrong. <laughs> just yeah. like if you leave your dog alone with, you know, empty steaks like you're like you leave them on the counter to to marinate oh they're gonna be gone he almost he almost seems like a toddler at times the way that he's getting into trouble the way he is by going and eating stuff when he shouldn't and going off on his own and doing things like he really does he really does strike me as he's in starting to get into the toddler phase and i wonder if Mm -hmm. each season like the first season was exclusively baby phase and then season yes. two, he's going to be toddler Yoda. And then in season three, he's going to be a uh, uh, young kid. And then season four, teenager. And season five, full grown adult or something like that. Like, I feel like we're going to see the evolution of him becoming older. And I think this is right. the start of that. Well, just theoretically, there could be a developmental delay within the child. As far as his species growth, we don't know, but they could establish that because he had no father or mother around or whoever mm-hmm. would have normally raised him, he was just just way behind in his development. And all yeah. of these tests on him, he's 50 years old or whatever, but perhaps mm-hmm. by 50, normally they're able to, to speak and, you know, he's just underdeveloped. And now that he's got a mentor or someone that's a being a parent figure that he's able to kind of learn from, he will start to develop much more quickly than we might expect. Um, mentally anyway, certainly mm-hmm. as a, as a child, he, he may still stay very small for a long time. And when he's full grown, he'll still only be if three feet, whatever, or something like that tall. However, just as a theory, what do you think about that? Does that strike you as something that they might do? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They, they, mm, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but, um, the development of the, how they're going to grow the child, I think is really up in the air. I think that we'll see that a little bit with this. I don't think they're going to go into, like, parentage or lack thereof very much. Because essentially, he's still a baby and Mando is now his parent. If anything, they're going to show how Mando's influence may not be the best influence on him. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do want to to talk about that oh basically there's this view so i've seen some people online say that this episode is a filler episode and i absolutely do not believe that is the case because okay. first you're seeing more with the development with the baby which of course is always great and important secondly <clears throat> this is progressing he's looking for mandalorians and now he's just going on the next leg of his journey and he's on his way to that um water planet or what we assume is the water planet in the next episode and this is just getting him closer but he just has a slight detour kind of like in chapter two he has a slight detour when the jawas uh, destroy his ship this episode had very similar vibes to to chapter two Um, absolutely so the eggs too right yeah the eggs exactly yeah um that also you had creatures big creatures in a way uh the mud horn episode two Mm -hmm. um the Jawas and then the Frog Lady, um, mm-hmm. the eggs, of course, multiple eggs, all the eggs, all the <laughs> so eggs. far more all eggs than eggs. in the Mandalorian so far than all the other Star Wars products combined or movies combined. Yeah, there's, but, there's um, more yeah eggs, a whole lot of parallels uh, there. Go ahead. What? <laughs> um, so just 
just as far as parallels go, I do agree that that there's a whole lot. I wonder if that'll uh, stay true as a pattern. And we'll see episode three kind of, or sorry, the third episode being episode eleven, parallel some of the some of the tone and things that we had in episode uh, three of season one, which was my favorite episode mm-hmm. um, of season one. <clears throat> which you you bring up an interesting uh, thing with that, which is basically we're not going to be able to call these episodes. Um, uh, ep- season two, episode one, or season two. Like we're gonna have to just call it chapter. Let's nine, just call it eleven. Chapter ten. Let's call it yeah. because otherwise, this is all just gonna get really, I think, right. convoluted and crazy. Um, so uh, this it is difficult. Chapter chapter ten. Let's just yeah, chapter 10. the passenger. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, the passenger. <clears throat> uh, yeah, no, don't run no. from the space police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that I was able to sneak that in there to you because as I read that, I knew you hadn't I had no idea it was coming. Yeah, I had no my, idea it was coming. on my intro. <laughs> Got you pretty um, good. Yeah, but then I was also going to mention. Uh, we'll get back to the other scenes on Tatooine, but I want to talk specifically about. Um, the third and I think most important reason why this is not filler, and this is the encounters with the the New Republic um, fighters, specifically that first one where, you know, they're telling him about how all oh, this space is changing. It's starting to become under New Republic rule, how he needs to change his transponder. And then they ask him, were you part of this transport incident, um, which is from Chapter 6? Um, which mm-hmm. I really like because it brings more depth and importance to that chapter, which did feel like a bit of a filler episode, and that's in in the first season. And but it was also, a great episode. Uh, and also, anyway. what it does is it shows you that, and later down the episode, it shows you that while Mandalorian has a bit of a rough history, he's starting to gain respect. He's starting to become known in the galaxy. And I wonder if this is the start of him becoming a natural leader. And I wonder if this means that the season five or whatever is the final season of the of the Mandalorian, he's going to take up the mantle of the Mandalore by reclaiming the Darksaber. And he will finally be not a Mandalorian, but the Mandalorian. And I just, I truly <laughs> you just, developed You just made that. me smile, Jonathan. You made I, me literally... I, I developed that entire theory on my own. I would like that to be known. <clears throat> I, I developed that whole thing myself. And I honestly, well, I, I now, it's, it's now what I'm predicting the title, for the end of the series. The title of the, of the leader was Mandalore, not Mandalorian. Yeah. Or well, the yeah, Mandalorian. it was. But, but you, know, <clears throat> you know what I'm going with that. It's very close enough. I wonder if they wouldn't change it and call it Mandalorian or the Mandalorian. I don't know. I don't know. But you, but I, I think know. that's very plausible. It would kind of be a, it'd be a cool payoff. Scenes. But I think, I think just as likely will be the payoff of seeing the child, um, officially deemed a Mandalorian as well <laughs> after his training. You know, because the Mandalorian refers to him just as much as it does Din Djarin. So that mm. could be at the end of the series. You've got the child. You've got Baby Yoda, um, possibly able to speak. And possibly wearing some kind of Beskar clothing, probably not like a full suit of armor, but maybe some shoulder pads or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he could be he could be both cute, adorable, and cool, and like awesome at the same time. I mean, yeah. and, and, who knows? and when Honestly, and when it I, ends, <laughs> when it ends, he's known as Mandalorian the, since Yoda <laughs> says everything backwards. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like that. That's a, that's a good catch, Jonathan. So it might be one of those things like they did with, with Smallville where um, they wait until the final episode for him to fly and he never puts on the suit until the very last few minutes and then you only see it CG from a distance. Um, mm-hmm. So they might show, they might do all this implications that the child or Baby Yoda will become this mm-hmm. great hero and uh, only only show hints of it at the very, very, very end and leave the rest of it to your imagination and I don't know, could be possible. But anyway, I guess when you get to an episode like this, which does not have a whole lot of hit, uh, plot movement packed into it, mm-hmm. I think I think this one was was the way that Bilbo described himself. He butter script over too much bread. Um, <laughs> I, I think even compared to season one, which was well known for having a whole lot of slow developing stories, mm-hmm. this episode needed a B plot. It needed some kind of breakaway. Just check in with Grief Carba, Carga. Let's check in with somebody else. Something yeah. to cut away because the there was just the pacing was so off. And here's what we lacked: we didn't have Nick Nolte's voice to like we did in episode two. Last, That's true. Last, we didn't yeah. have we didn't have the the jaw was a little bit more endearing because we knew them. We've got all this development with them. This frog lady girl. Um, we didn't know her, and she wasn't very endearing. I mean, we relate to her plea, but. You know, it certainly didn't didn't have that same kind of entertainment value that episode two yeah. did that that makes you think that that's your favorite episode, which yeah. to make this your favorite episode, it would have had to have no spiders. But take, change <laughs> the spiders to another creature, and let's just say theoretically that it added these other things. I just think that that, that is the main reason why this one kind of hit a little bit of a, you know, just kind of a bore for some people. Well, what, do you, what do you say to that? Well, I think that I think it's still really good, and you have to realize that there are shows that have A plots and B plots and C plots, but The Mandalorian has not yet had a B plot or a C plot, um, unless I'm just thinking right. about it wrong. Except for okay, the only exception is in the F- finale in of last year when they kind of split up. Well, I was going to say when you have Chapter Four. When um, uh, you see it from the villagers' perspective, and then it cuts okay. to Mando. In that aspect episode, yes, um, uh, there was kind of a B plot, but overall, this basically the entire show is from Mando's perspective. Yeah, if they, no, and if they and that's give what you I was thinking about is yeah, if they give you something in the else, finale episode eight, I think when they when they leave him and he gets healed by IG eleven. And he mm-hmm. takes his mask off, and you cut to them ahead um, before he catches up. Is one of the only times that you're not viewing it from his perspective. Exactly, um, it's kind of like. Harry but other Potter, than that, almost. it definitely. You're, I mean, you have a good point. Yeah, there is no B plots, and I'm thinking that that story. I think the storyline needs to start to develop a little bit of that. Um, or I, and they really they really do a great job of putting him in environments where he. He doesn't have to be in the spotlight on the whole time, like like mm-hmm. last episode with the marshal. Yeah. But anyway, I I, th- I think that's a solid point. Um, talk about the next ep- next part of the episode. So they um, <clears throat> they meet the frog lady. They fly over there, and then you talked a second ago about the about the X wings. This whole thing. Now, could you tell was that Trapper Wolf talking, or was that his partner talking on the? I think his Trapper no. only says one line. Well, for for one thing. Uh, because I watch it with my friends, um, uh, we have to have it on really low. So we ha- always have the um, uh, subtitles we have on. The subtitles on. Close, close so that gives it away. Yeah. 
So I knew, plus you can just tell by the voice, it wasn't um, Dave Filoni until the end when he says, hey, can you switch over for Switch a over to channel two, yeah. We saw, yeah, we saw Trap of Wolf and I was like, ooh, ooh, that's, that's Filoni. Because I thought it was going to be completely new people. Um, and then at the end, you see them. You didn't really ever see yeah. Filoni real clearly. He was always kind of like in the shadows or from an angle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you only ever saw the other guy. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was that whole scene was was great. Um, uh, Mando just his his instinct is just to do some do spinning. That's a good trick type thing. Uh, he just he got he just, away. He does get get away, but he just kind of like nopes out of situations uh, quite a bit. Um, uh, I also thought it was a bit convenient that they like it took them so long to find him. It's like really, I think they would have noticed, but um, still, they it took them a while and. Uh, I thought the whole the whole ice planet looked cool. Me and my friends, we were all like, "Is it is it um, uh, the Star Killer base? Uh, Ilum? Is it Ilum? Ilum?" And we were all waiting, and we never got that payoff. And I was like, "No, we don't need to know." And also, the exterior of the planet shot didn't look like Ilum to me. But maybe I'm just wrong about that. But um, I don't know. It's whatever the case. Planets it's not have different climates. Now. I mean. You know, we usually think about it because <laughs> they're, they're usually a whole planet is like one one environment type mm-hmm. of. Um, and I'm sure that like there are places on this planet that aren't freezing cold. Um, it's it's possible anyway. Yeah. But it, it could be that this is um, uh, <clears throat> the same planet that they found the Bindo on in Rebels where these spider creatures were supposedly original from. Um, I know. No, I never thought of it that way because the Bendu that was that was more like of a desert-like planet. Um, if I'm remembering right, right, but these spiders, unless they just live on multiple worlds, then which is entirely possible. I mean, Jawas Jawas live on multiple sure. worlds too. Yeah. So it's not Jawas are intelligent enough to to craft things, though. I mean, I mean, those spiders were intelligent enough to jump on the ship and. You know, <laughs> And, don't and, don't, don't were, make yourself even more scared by giving these skiders intelligence, man. But but they, uh, but then they were but then they were dumb enough to to go on Baby Yoda's head because you know if you if you touch Baby Yoda and you're not a good person, you're dead. You do do not get yeah. to live. That's that's one thing. When when the guy touches Baby Yoda and holds him up, I was like, he did. There, there's no way. No one and anyone who touches Baby Yoda badly is gonna die. <laughs> How um how often though do we have that used? It feels like a little a little bit of a it's becoming overused. And when that happened to the guy at the beginning of the episode and um uh, later on, I, I was I was concerned that it was becoming a little bit re- uh mundane, but um anyway, talk about the scene where he first sneaks an egg and and eats it. Oh. Was that your first thought is he's going he's going to eat this thing? Yes, that was my first thought. When he saw the thing, my first thought was, oh, no, he's going to eat it. Um, uh, and I was just, like, face palming the whole time. It was, it was cute, but I was also like, you're eating a being. Like, I hey, know. That's, that's so... I was, I was uh, almost mad at... I was mad at the baby. I was mad at I was the like, baby, too. You ate, was... like, four kids. <laughs> she would have had... Exactly. <laughs> you, I mean, he probably ate entire his body weight, plus he ate that whole spider. The child eats like more than he he weighs. It's, it's ridiculous. 
Have you, I, I'm going to make a reference that's really absurd and gross, but I'm, 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 I think you'll track with me. Have you ever seen the Halloween movies? Um, maybe on TV. I'm not yeah. a huge fan of... But go ahead. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of horror either, but I'm just aware that this exists. And in one of them, they're eating eggs. And it's, it's the one directed by Rob Zombie, who's uh, just a wacko, bizarre film director. Mm. But um, uh, in that one, when they're eating eggs, they refer to them as chicken abortions. And I was like, that's why when he was eating the eggs in this, I was really like, you're eating, you're eating the egg that turns into <laughs> a sentient being. And I was like, oh. And so that's a weird, weird tangent that my mind has. It's but weird. They, they, they want us to sympathize with the frog lady. Oh, absolutely. Um, which I don't know if she does. She, she doesn't get a name. He just calls her no, Frog Lady. Even the subtitles say Frog Lady. So <laughs> that Which was apparently frogs are a thing in Star Wars. So we'll just uh, we'll just roll with that. Absolutely. Um, but she is apparently she's supposed to be somewhat sympathetic, and we're supposed to sympathize with her. But we were given this like choice between the child. Do we sympathize with him? Oh, is he cute by doing this, or is he is he taking his cuteness too far? And I think the point of it was. He's got to learn how to have some control and some discipline, mm-hmm. and Mando has got to learn how to be a parent instead of just letting him. Well, he's he's got to learn how to be more active in teaching him what not mm-hmm. to do. Um, and the know, final shot of him just squeezing in that final egg, that 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 final shot, it was it was we were beyond the point. I was mad, and I was just laughing at that point with the final one. I was like, "You sneaky." <laughs> I think if there had been one less one, one less, I think maybe if he had not eaten one of the ones that he ate out, because they showed him eating like three or four whole different ones. So something that's that repetitive, it does get a little bit old, but Mm -hmm. that that at the ending was a funny way to end. I just feel like they wore the joke up before they got to it. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. That that makes sense. Um, There was a scene in the trailer when they walk out on the snow after they crash well, they kind of they fall through, which I think they probably would have been okay if they had not fallen through the ice, which would have been weaker, I guess, in the spot that they landed in. They fall through, crash down. Anyway, the child is kind of looking off in the distance, and we didn't see. But in the trailer, he's looking off kind of introspectively. And I thought, oh, man, the force is calling to him, and he's sensing something. No, he just footsteps. So I was, I was <laughs> wrong on that one. And <laughs> it's just the frog lady had gone off, which um, those hot springs – now, you haven't played Fallen, Fallen Order, but when you go mm. to Ilum, um, you swim underwater, and there are hot springs underground, and uh, even though you're completely surrounded by frozen everything ice, there's these hot springs that you go in, and like that's the only way to warm yourself up. It feels kind of cool to have that contrast there. The possibility is it could still be Ilum. I'm just saying that that's yeah. a thing for there to be a hot spring there. Um, <clears throat> interesting <laughs> that the, I mean, I guess the frog lady, she's probably cold-blooded. They didn't go into that, but it makes sense if she's going after heat and keep the keep the eggs warm, and whatnot. But um, when my uh, when when I was watching it with my roommates, they ruined the scene for me because as soon as you see her uh, naked in the pool, one of them started humming the, the John Cena song. The da 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 da. John Cena, <laughs> what song? Do you What's mean that? "Careless Whisper" by George Michael's? That's it's the same thing, da, right? Da da da. No. Yes. John Cena is da 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 da. Okay, okay, I'm terrible at that song names. Jonathan, Jonathan. I'm oh sorry. I'm sorry. Leave a comment and demolish this guy. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> I thought. All right, shame. So 
They ruin anyway. it for you by yes, by making the sexy music <laughs> during the lizard being in the hot spring with her surrounded by eggs. Okay. That's just such a such a man thing to do for y'all. Man, man cave sitting around. Um, there was <clears throat> it was not all guys at the thing, so Oh I'm yeah, just, that's okay. Well girls would probably be embarrassed for you. <laughs> anyway, that at that point they go in there and we can tell at this point that there's really no driving force in the episode, and all of a sudden, well, there we go. We see these eggs, and you already know before before he gets there because the way that they shot it, um, mm-hmm. there's a certain type of frame that they use when, and and I think that the the director did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, Peyton Reed get he's got Ant Man under his under his yeah. sleeve. That's the main thing I know. Um, we had a lot of we actually talked quite a bit about um, what his episode might be like. Um, so he had one that had giant insects in it. I don't know if that's like a, that had to be some kind of thing. He's like, seriously, guys, <laughs> yeah, I can do more than there's not even giant insects. Well, technically there are. He catches himself. <laughs> well, may, they're maybe really that small because he, but they seem big because he rides them because he's small. And okay. I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that means that Robert Rodriguez's episode will have machete in it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe with <laughs> Filoni and Favreau are like they're just getting together and having their secret meetings and they're like, what if we gave him this episode just because it has the the giant ants or it has the giant spiders? <laughs> what do you think he'll say? He'll read it. He'll be like, guys, come on, really? <laughs> I was just convinced. It's it's, con- it's coincidence, man. I promise. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sure that Peyton Reed's reaction was, "I'm getting to do Star Wars." Shut up! Like that's that's probably how he felt. So he was just happy. He was lucky to be here. He was just happy, happy to have an episode. Oh, hey! One of the things we skipped. Um, what did you think of the um, when Mando was talking with them on the comms and said, uh, "May the Force be with you." I I mean, at this point, they've established that the phrase "May the Force be with you" is very. Uh, uh, it's not just to the religious, to the to the to the Jedi. You know, it's kind of a. It's kind of like when we say, you know, God bless you, when you sneeze or something. Um, even atheists might say it or something like that. Like it's not, or you know, you know what I mean. Like there they are might, certain phrases. But most of them don't. No, don't. But I'm saying there are certain <laughs> phrases, and and more and more now that's becoming the case. But you know what I mean. Like there are some phrases that we use in Christian. Uh, you know, uh, history that even non-Christians use because that's just the phrase that you use for that. Um, uh, and so I think that's where this is. It's just, may the force be with you. It's just a, just a phrase that people say in Star Wars. It's like a, um, uh, if I don't see you later, good afternoon, evening, and good night. Like that type of thing. Right. And I think they did that to establish that exactly. Mm-hmm. Because he did not know that, because he described it earlier, you know, he could move things with his mind, and mm-hmm. he didn't know the child is using the force. He didn't yeah. know what the force was. When he mm-hmm. says, the, you know, may the force be with you here, that is clearly something that is associated with the New Republic um, yeah. that they've adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed, I, probably it was used, well, the last time it might have been used on screen was um, the meeting with... Uh, Mon Mothma, maybe as they were getting ready to attack the uh, second mm-hmm. Death Star, maybe. Um, but it was used by the new. Well, Akbar might have said it as they're about to go off in hyperspace. I, I can't recall, but um, yeah, it's associated with the New Republic. He doesn't know what the Force is, probably. 
if he did, he would look at uh, the child's actions differently. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. I just thought I just thought that was worth mentioning. Um, yeah, that is I, I, that is a good point. That this means that he knows the word force as, in the phrase "May the force be with you," but he doesn't know what it really means to actual things. So that's that's interesting. Um, uh, and I, mm-hmm. if I believe right, he didn't know what Jedi were either. So no, um, no. that'll that, that we, he still has that to learn. But uh, going in through the episode, of course, you have all the the insects and the spiders. And I really, well, before that, you have the return of Richard uh, Aoide, or Aoide, however you say his name. Uh, The return of Zero. Um, uh, That was... Oh, right. Yes. That was a fantastic moment. And it was actually uh, blunted for me because you just hear his voice say... Wake up, Mando, or Mando, wake up. And it's supposed to jolt you, which it kind of did. But because I had the subtitles on, the subtitles read Frog Lady using Zero. So I was like, oh, it's not actually Zero talking to him. Um, uh, so, but that was really cool to get him back. Um, uh, that actor was in yeah. uh, uh, IT, um, uh, uh, the British TV show. Uh, he's, he's, he's a pretty funny actor. Um, and so I was happy to have him back for, you know, the brief few lines and makes me hope that maybe Mando will rebuild him kind of, um, uh, I know he he doesn't doesn't want to, but, but maybe somebody else would, maybe someone else won't rebuild him cause he's dead, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we need a good droid. Wow. You're just bringing, bringing back Quill all the time. Quill. <clears throat> he he has been missed this season because there's there's no wise figure right now who's <clears throat> who's doing that. But um, anyway, so how the episode ends is they find him right mm-hmm. at the very last second, blast off the uh, the spiders. Um, really good job with all the sounds. Don't, don't oh yeah, think? absolutely. Their the sound effects are are really good. Um, uh, Original I mean, every, sound. Everything gave it away do. that it was X wing. Yeah, everything that they do in The Mandalorian is just done on a fantastic quality. Like, the spiders didn't look CGI. They looked very real. And, um, uh, you know, hyperspace, the way that the ship looked, like, everything, even the caves, didn't feel like a set. It felt like he was in caves. Um, It was very atmospheric. So, really, even though there are plots points that we have problems with in this episode, props to the... um, to the people who work yeah. on it for, oh, yeah. you know, the set it's pieces s- and the action scene were all, were very well done. Yeah. So, so props to them for that. Um, uh, but yeah, that was slow very developing exciting. And, and, and not a whole lot of plot and not a lot, not a whole lot happened. Mm-hmm. Um, as, in terms of character growth, because what, what are we seeing as far as their bond? Well, we talked earlier about the parenting. We're seeing the Mandalorian have a little bit of a character growth, not, not a huge one, but, mm-hmm. He's going to honor his word, and that's the one thing that they brought out is Mandalorians. Yeah. They're supposed to honor what their promises or what their word is. Um, you know that's within their code. Mm-hmm. So that that's something that he's important, and we're having some development there. That's good. Uh, there's not a whole lot beyond that though. Um, we do get some good interaction where at the end they do mention, like you talked about before, that he had done some good things, like uh, the three captured um, criminals that he broke in with. Um, yep those three that were left and uh, that he had tried to protect, which if you recall the scene, he 
he ended up dying anyway, but Mandalorian <laughs> tried to protect the guy um, Matt Lanter. who was on board. His name? Oh, the actor The actor was Matt Lanter in that moment. Really? You, you didn't realize that. Yeah, that was, that, what? that was Matt Lanter. And he was also, Matt Lanter was who also died? In, yeah. Really? Yeah. Back and, in episode six. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. That's Matt Lanter. I had no and, idea. Thank and God. he was he was also that actor. He was also one of the extras that they used in the last episode for the townspeople. He, you see him in the background. Okay, I did read about that. People thought it was Sam Witwer, and Witwer's no, like, no. "Nah, man, nah, I wasn't in that." No, Sam Witwer was also there. I read, but um, no, he he denied it on Twitter. Oh, he did. Okay, yeah, he's know. like, "No, nah, it wasn't me. No, it no, wasn't me." But so, but I did read that he was he was in that. So they're using using those. Uh, Clone Wars Rebels actors, but yeah, that's who that is that they that he saves, um, and they make a point of, of telling you that. And for p- people like my pa- my parents haven't watched this episode yet, but for them who aren't really uh, nerds like us that are they aren't entrenched in Star Wars in the same way, they um, uh, they'll understand what's happening, what they're talking about. Um, they make it very clear what they're referencing. So I think they did a good job. Um, and I think that's also why they used Trapper Wolf, why they used Dave Filoni's character to provide a little visual and audio cue. Oh yeah. It's that guy. Um, yeah. Uh, from, from before. Uh, yeah, I think he, he that was tied was, in and he, yeah, he definitely so. knew the, the, the connection, but it helps people to, he will just draw that between the references between them. Um, mm-hmm. Did you? I mean, I, I didn't think that they acted out of character. I didn't think that they were mean, mm-hmm. but they certainly didn't help him when he's like, "Hey, no. please help me fuse my ship back together." And I basically can't fly this thing out of here. But yeah. he decides, I guess, at the end that he is going to fly it out of there. Um, just going to seal off the you know the cockpit and just hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Which uh, we'd already been told how dangerous it is to just travel through open space, and apparently they still got a little bit of a ways to go, so uh, it's very likely that they have even more trouble and might not find the des- destination right off. Um, so speaking of that, uh, what are your predictions for next episode? I think we see the water planet in the next episode. I think we will see another Mandalorian in the next episode. I don't know who it'll be, um, but I think we will. I think, you remember in the, in the trailer, you see that a shot mm-hmm. of uh, the hooded figure um, and yes. then they disappear. I think we'll see them in the next episode. But also, I want to bring up something, which is, can you believe how much of the first uh, two episodes was in the trailer? Like, we basically have two-thirds, if not more, of the trailer just in these two episodes. So, yeah. I mean, we have the little bit. Mi- remaining with um the, the shots with Noth- uh yeah we've had nothing with grief carga or uh we've never had nothing on uh, as far as imperials no stormtroopers yet nothing on the ship and and the scene where he does the jets pack and the um the imperials are on their speeder bikes they hadn't had that yet yeah they uh, haven't had that but that's I think the only that's, things that come to mind yeah and, well, but and, I mean, the, and the water planet stuff and the water but i think that's the next one so it just means that we were really going into uncharted territory even more so <clears throat> than before and, uh, well, one, one shot is in the water planet. Um, did you go back and look? The scene that we saw has uh, the, um, the egg capsule in the water clearly mm-hmm. in view. And it has um, her as well as it looks like another lizard person, frog person. Yeah. Um, probably her husband. So, spoiler alert, it looks like from the trailer uh, they find each other. What? And it's on the wa- it's one it's on the water planet. Um, 
and somehow the, maybe there looked like there were still some eggs in there, even though it seems like Yoda ate them all. Uh, a little hungry. And the sound that he made when he sucked them in, he'd be like... Yep. He just like, <laughs> it's bigger than his mouth, and he just goes... It's like as big as his face. He goes... <laughs> just sucks it in. Um, so it was, it was kind of cute. Kind of cute. But uh, anyway, so there is that. And then here's what I think could happen. Um... The one that the one that they kind of reference in the trailer in the black hood that sees them there, mm-hmm. um, that's probably con- the connection, and the connection you know they're like oh we're going to this dock to meet the connection the connection sees them and they're gonna scout them out and they're gonna find out, um, and then they're gonna take the ship or whatever. But what if, <clears throat> what if Grief Karga not Grief Karga what if Moff Gideon we know he's got the dark saber, who's mm-hmm. the last person to have the dark saber? Well, Bo, right? So what if Bo had been captured? Okay? Okay. And that's where he got the Darksaber from. Bo is captured and being held as a prisoner or something like that. And the Mandalorian that he meets is... Oh, I just lost her name. Um, Sabine. uh, Shoot, shoot, shoot. Sabine Wren. Sabine Wren. And she's like, hey, we got to rescue Bo. Katan. We got to do it. Do that and they'll help you out. And so they go rescue Bose Katan, which we apparently she's in this season. That's what if that is the episode after this? That would be episode four. Is them teaming up to go rescue her? I would be so excited. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but that's a good. That is a good prediction. That's just um, I'm just I'm just predicting. Theorizing. Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good theory. Um, when you said let's go save Bo, I was like, no, he 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 thinks it's the wrong Bo, and he accidentally goes into Pixar and goes say save Bo Peep and returns her. <laughs> it's like that's not what I meant. Not that Bo. And he's like, you gotta be more specific, woman. Um, so, uh, anyway, that's you know jokes. Yeah, um, let's, maybe, let's maybe hope making... Disney never does that crossover. But <laughs> if they do, if they if if they do, keep it to Lego because, as we all know, the Lego world is allowed to crossover. Um, speaking and that's of the which, only one. speaking of which, the trailer. I'd yeah. be remiss <laughs> if we didn't even acknowledge it, and we've pretty much touched on everything with the Mandalorian episode. So I wouldn't take a few mm-hmm. minutes and talk about that um, holiday special trailer. It just feels so yeah. wrong for me to be calling it the holiday special, um, the Lego holiday yeah. special. But the Lego holiday special. I will say this. I was grinning from ear to ear the whole time. I am uh-huh. so pumped for this. I love Christmas stuff. I love Star Wars. I love jokey Star Wars. Like, they're using so many of the types of things that they use in the other Lego specials, which are all on Disney Plus if you want to watch them. They're all the kind of jokes like that. That's all in the Lego stuff, and it is hilarious and awesome, and I am here for it, and I'm ready, and I have a feeling you're going to disagree with me, so I want to hear what your thoughts are. Is it, is it going to release on Disney Plus? Do you know? Yeah, Disney for Plus on, on okay. November 17th. Oh, really? So that's less than 10 days away. Okay. I know. I know. Excellent. Um, <laughs> I don't disagree with you, man. I, I, think, I thought it was great. I, oh, I mean, it looks okay. super fun. Time travel and is you know putting in the characters like, hey, let's take Ray and throw her back and just have all of these overpowered. The funniest one to me was the very last shot with old Han Solo old and Han, young Han, Han Solo fight after you. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> who want, you want to shoot first? Be my guest, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Um, so and I it literally that's the only. It sounded like that was the voice of Harrison Ford. So no, I don't. Not I don't his. know if it was. No, it's not. It his. sounded like him though. It's, it wasn't. It's, 
No, it's the guy that they use for Han and all the Lego stuff. Because he sounded... Re- that's the one voice that sounded really, really, really close. Yeah. Um, um, I do think that... Uh, I, I, that yeah, um, it would, really it would surprise me if they got Harrison back. So that's why I bring it up because it, it sounded good enough to be him. But if it yeah, wasn't they, him, no, to the for, voice for one thing, Harrison Ford's only done one animated thing in his entire career, and that was Pets Two, and that was a very small role. Um, so yeah, mm. he doesn't do animated voiceover <laughs> stuff. But for one thing, I just knew because I've watched so many of those Lego specials. That's definitely, um, uh, that's definitely the 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 guy that mm-hmm. they normally get for that. But also there was just some hilarious moments like when, um, uh, Lando says, please be a Cape, please be a Cape. And that's <laughs> a funny moment in of itself. And then you hear Akbar say, it's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was pretty good. That was pretty good. And then you have, Oh, the line where Ray's like, I get to meet my master, my master's master, my master's father, my master's father's master. <laughs> Yeah. And it was just all those lines. I thought that was were hilarious. Um, <clears throat> Maybe we'll uh, have to do an, a review of it when it comes oh, out absolutely. because it'll be that absolutely. funny. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, your homework. Yeah, actually, I can't wait to see it now. It, well, yeah, I, I'm actually excited because I, I had no idea that was in development. Um, so, oh, you so hadn't? Look forward. We'll look forward to that. Well, in a few weeks, uh, I don't know if they're going to have any breaks between episodes of Mandalorian, but. No, we will not. get around to doing a uh, a review of that. Maybe a little bit of Christmas special is to do that. <gasps> Sorry, Life Day, Life Day special. No, we're calling. No, we're calling it our Christmas spectacular. That's that's what we'll be calling it. <laughs> now that was a piece of band literature we played in college or in high school. <laughs> but oh well. Oh yeah. <clears throat> do you remember um, that piece? Anyway, I do remember that piece. Uh, yeah. All right. Good for you. Um, Good for you. I, I, was, I barely remember it at all. So we've we've started um we've started getting into the Christmas music here, and I love it, and I. I'm just ready to, you know, when we did, um, when I did the uh, Knights Roundtable podcast for our first uh, Christmas, which was our first year, one year anniversary, we did an epi- a Christmas episode, a Christmas spectacular, and we just had on a loop a sleigh ride in the background of that episode. And that is one of my favorite episodes that I've edited because it sounded <laughs> really good. Um, uh, so anyway. But I think I, we can even get it better this year. That's what I'm predicting, and I I hope I actually hope that we're gonna have a really long Christmas spectacular. Well, I'm sure that Samuel Kim will put out something on his channel that's like, ooh, Christmas Star Christmas, Wars, Christmas Star Wars, you know, and <laughs> we'll just we'll just use that in the background of our of an entire episode, you know. That might that might be a good idea. It'll be very festive. Yeah. Uh, um, so we didn't get any Boba Fett this episode. Um, yeah, we're probably, not going to. probably I'm not expecting to have more of him for a, a little while longer, maybe back half of the season. Um, yeah. by the I, way, I d- definitely feel like they just kind of brought him in just to kind of show us that he mm-hmm. is there and, and he will be around later, yeah. but go ahead. And I saw a report from deadline that they said, Oh yeah, Boba Fett's going to get his own show. Oh yeah. The show's shooting next month. Um, I've heard about that. Uh, so and what that are your is, thoughts? I I truly Legit believe they've not. got their. I believe they've got their wires crossed. Um, for one thing, <clears throat> there's no way that they if they're shooting next month that we've heard nothing about it until now. For that's for one thing, we didn't even know any show was shooting. We knew that they're currently working on the Cassian Andor series in London, but. Um, we knew nothing was shooting other than the Mandalorian. So I believe that he's going to Boba Fett's going to be in Mandalorian season three and they're going to shoot season three next month. And that's why 
they got some kind of wires crossed that man that that Boba Fett's going to be in a show. <clears throat> I just don't think it's going to be his show. I think it's going to be Mandalorian. But yeah, mm-hmm. I I do not believe that theory. Um, uh, I, I heard it was a mini series, so even then it would only be a no. Few, but I don't. Yeah, but, I don't even believe. Yeah, I'm inclined to it. doubt it until I hear some more things from more reputable sources but like Lucas doesn't mean i wouldn't be excited to, to have something like that because mm-hmm. i definitely would and if yeah. his character arc takes him outside of the path of the mandalorian then we want to we, we still want to follow him yeah and now that he's brought back in i think i think there would mm, there would be huge success following him on another mission where yeah. to where he to to do something else interesting mm-hmm. And uh, Ewan McGregor has doubled down and said they will be filming in March of next year for well, the Kenobi series. So it has been four or three or four years now we've been talking about this Kenobi series. Well, in fairness, in in fairness to to them, Lucasfilm said nothing about a Kenobi series until uh, August of last year. So. Yeah. It's not Lucas's, Lucasfilm's fault that we've been talking about it for four years. Fans have wanted it that long, but Lucasfilm's well, only, only teased us for a year so far. So, it, you know, it'll come out I eventually. I still think it's, it's behind schedule, uh, but... Oh, it, it is. They, and as long as they do it right, uh, mm-hmm. that's what matters. Exactly. And they, they know that uh, Kenobi is, is kind of like... He's kind of like the, the lord of all prequel memes, and that, no, <laughs> that subreddit will, will live and die by... By how well they represent him in that in the uh, in the Kenobi series. Absolutely, so. I'm I'm sure. But anyway, this episode has got us quite quite a few rambles. And yeah, I, what would your what would your final ranking that for this episode be for the passenger? Um, I for a, if I was going to give it a rating, I think I would give it a seven point five out of ten. It's not a bad episode. It's not a. It's just the things I don't like about it are personal preferences and. Or, and or nitpicks. Um, uh, there's nothing you know terrible with the episode. So I think it's a solid mm-hmm. episode. It's obviously nowhere near where I thought the first episode was. And no. so it's probably towards the bottom uh, of my list. But even yeah. then, this, you know, Mandalorian has, I will say, Mandalorian has not had a bad episode yet. So I'm, I really think they're on a good, good stretch. Uh, what about you? I- Six out of ten, I think. Um, okay, we're, we're in the same. Pretty, area. pretty low, uh, and and definitely towards the bottom. Out of all ten episodes, it it's probably my tenth. Um, it might be my ninth. I'm not sure if I thought about it some longer, but um, it's just it, it struggles in some places. Like I said, I just I've already expressed all the things that I think about it, and whether people agree or disagree, they they have that right. But um, overall, it's not something that we look forward yeah. to going back and and watching. Um, and I don't see necessarily the potential. Sometimes you have a you have an episode that's great, but there are things in there that you can rewatch with more context from more information in the future and say, "Ooh, they didn't realize, but this was foreshadowing that, and this was you know." Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to do that, I don't think, with this episode. So there's really not much in terms of rewatchability that I feel like are are invested here. So just some missed opportunities there, but possibly, uh, <coughs> possibly like we said, the, the parallels were were cool, and there was a lot of good stuff too. So we're not. Not being too negative on it, um, and uh, as always, I'm super glad that Mandalorian's back. Any Mandalorian is better than no Mandalorian. Exactly. So we will, uh, we will. I guess we'll we'll pick up next week with it was episode three. Yep. Which could chapter be chapter eleven. 
Is chapter 11. I've got to get it used to calling it that. Chapter 11. Because otherwise this is going to be way too confusing when confusing. we're talking about rank these episodes. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, yes, next week, that is you. That is a perfect segue into our you know closing remarks. Uh, next week will be chapter 11. Um, uh, and hopefully we will have a guest on one of, one of our co-producers, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know yet. We have not worked everything out but I, th- I think we'll get one of them um and then uh we'll just keep doing mandalorian that's this i'm, I'm really happy for mandalorian ma- ma- mainly because it's giving us really easy homework for, for and planning for the episodes we don't have to worry oh my goodness how are we gonna fill the time we're like this is easy for the next month and a half um you can find us on simplecast you can find us on other plot uh, podcasting platforms such as uh, Apple Podcasts through iTunes. You can find us on Google Podcasts and Google Play. You can find us on Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, uh, all those types of places. You can also find our Facebook page at uh, Two Sons of Tatooine. Uh, it is uh, where we put post our episodes, we uh, give out information, ask questions, things like that. Um, and then you can find my writing at, uh, at Roku Depot. I write book reviews for them uh, bi-weekly. But uh, until next time, I'm Jonathan. And I am Nathan, a.k.a. NP Bro. And thank you for listening to Two Sons of Tatooine.